0: and we are live with the standing room spartans podcast we are back your host kevin parker your co-host scott martin here on a monday scott your morning my afternoon here on march the 7th uh the cat's out of the bag uh i live in poland yeah for for those who who hadn't um caught that yet uh it was it was something that like At the beginning of the podcast, I thought about it, and then as time went on, it was just something that never really came up. Like I wasn't actively trying to uh, avoid the subject, I guess, but it just kind of never came up. But um, the reason it came up on Twitter this uh, last week, uh, basically, uh, for those who have been living under a rock, you know everything that's going on in Ukraine, and... I was collecting some money to send it. It really started with, there was a tattoo artist down the street who was Ukrainian and he was collecting some money uh, and supplies for the refugees that were coming across the border. And my girlfriend, Ola and I were like, okay, let's head to the store tomorrow. We'll pick up some stuff. And I thought, you know what? Like it was, it was Friday night, my time. So afternoon, your time. And I thought, you know what, let me just put this out on Facebook, uh, send it to some friends and family. Maybe I can get another, you know, 100 bucks, which would, you know, be able to, to buy some more stuff. And people kept sending money and kept sending money and kept sending money to the point where I was like, you know what, like, I got this podcast thing. Let me send it out there and the the response was incredible so from the bottom of my heart everybody out there who helped even if it was 10 twenty dollars and you don't think it made much of a difference I promise you it did uh, my family who lives in in Ukraine right now it's uh, my grandfather's uh, whole family his brothers sisters you know cousins everything like that um, they are in a safe place right now but uh, they they kept messaging me about how much they appreciate the support, how much it means to them. So, uh, even if you just gave twenty dollars through Venmo and you thought, you know, ah, well, you know, this probably won't really do much, but you know it it really does help. So I appreciate it. We crossed over last night ten thousand dollars between friends, family, podcast listeners. So I promise you every dollar is making a huge difference, and I appreciate it so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's, it's been a really tough couple weeks out here now and you know, it's, it's only going to keep getting worse and worse. It seems like. So, um, from my family out there, they're basically saying, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best and expecting the worst and preparing for the worst. So it's, it's been a tough time, but you guys really stepped up. You guys have, uh, have really helped out and, and I really, really, really appreciate it. So Thank you all so much. Thank you, Scott, for opening up the Venmo for people to send over. Venmo doesn't work in Europe. So f- for a lot of people, I know uh, that's your only way to send over money. So uh, Scott, thank you for opening that up for people. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been incredible. So um, <clears throat> we'll move on to our, our actual topic here. Uh, because Michigan State football is what the podcast is all about and it's a good escape uh, from all of this you know to to spend a couple hours here just planning and thinking about and and then talking about Michigan State football so we will do that Uh, we got a couple things planned here today Scott uh, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks here because of everything that's been going on Uh, how's everything going over there
1: pretty good other than the gaping void that football left um spring ball's almost here though folks we were just talking about this uh it's in the we are in the month of spring football so hopefully we'll get some fresh on the field stuff to talk about here we're going to be talking a little bit about spring ball today um yeah and the combine came through always kind of a fun reprieve see some football players on a football field um Although I feel like the Combine's a little watered down these days. We were talking about that before we uh, jumped on here. You know, it's they're trying to make it a spectacle, just like the draft, just like anything else that can make the NFL a couple extra bucks. But uh, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. MSU um, came out with a win, the the basketball team. um, It's been a shaky end to the season, but it's tournament time it's winner go home time. So, uh, we'll see if this team can, can find another level now that the stakes are a little higher.
0: Yeah. Tom Izzo usually does that. Right. And, uh, I have a ticket $10 to win 180. If Michigan state makes the final four, uh, I, I I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of college basketball this year. Uh, I've, I've been watching most of the Michigan State games. I haven't really caught much of the rest of the country, but it doesn't really seem like there are too many elite teams that, you know, oh, if we're lined up in this bracket, you know, call it a day. So I don't know. There's an outside shot. There always is. It, it feels like a Michigan State, you know, Tom Izzo team that can get hot and can get gritty at the right time. Um, but it's been super inconsistent. So I, I <laughs> d I don't trust this team as far as I can throw them, but there, there's always that chance. It's it's February or March. Uh March is those months, so <clears throat> it's it's about that time. But yeah, I don't know. Um the, you mentioned the combine. Did you watch any of the combine? Are you like a, a combine, you know, guy? I don't no, know if there, there are too I, many out there.
1: <laughs> I caught some of the highlights, you know, the big names, the all look, you know, the the top performers that circulate around Twitter. And obviously I I tried to, uh, to find the MSU guys, uh, wasn't very hard to find their, uh, testing coming through on the Twitter waves. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's just too much to follow for me these days. I don't, and it gets so repetitive, right? It's like, Oh, this guy ran a .04 difference from the last guy right. <laughs> and it's like the only way it's entertaining is the, the few guys who have an exceptional performance or you have somebody just fall flat on their face and you feel for the guys but you know it's still uh they make it a little entertaining. I, I remember Orlando Brown, thankfully he has carved out a pretty solid niche in the NFL regardless. But man, you, what was that 2-3 years ago? He had like the yeah. worst combine maybe of all it was
0: it was like a 340 pound offensive lineman who ran a really really slow 40 but you can't really fault him for that but then he went up on the bench press and did like eight reps and it was like whoa dude you're you're benching with the wide receivers here man like what's going on which we also mentioned before the podcast i don't know why they're still doing bench press at the combine as if it's actually like a measure for nfl success like how many reps can this cornerback put up on the bench press? And that will tell us if he can cover DK Metcalf. Like what, what are we doing, man? It's, <laughs> it's hilarious that the NFL decided that this is, this is an event worthy of prime time weekend television. Uh, but you know, I don't know. The NFL is King. They can basically do whatever they want and print money. So I guess, um, it, it, if it works for them, it works for them. But it's It's been a, an interesting weekend, but with the Michigan State guys, we were kind of talking. Remember last year, we didn't have a combine. There there wasn't an NFL combine. I don't know if any of our guys would have gotten invited anyway, but as we went into the pro day circuit, there were, I depending on who you asked, but there were basically three, I think, real NFL prospects. On the team, and we basically said, all right, these are all three guys who are fringe sixth, seventh round, or undrafted free agents. Like they they could get drafted late, late to keep our Michigan State draft sp- streak alive. Uh, but none of them were like bona fide guys. So when you're in that kind of category, the testing does matter, right? And all of them bombed. I mean, bombed. I was just looking at, uh, Shakur Brown, the cornerback, right? A-, a corner is one of those positions where, Hey, you, you have a certain athletic parameter and speed parameter that you have to meet. That's just, there's no way around it. And he went out, he ran a four, six forty. Um, his broad jump was just barely over nine feet. Like there's a, there's a guy, Kenley Platt, it's math bomb on Twitter. And he does these awesome, Uh, metrics where he puts all of your athletic testing together um, and basically it's it's a size adjusted position adjusted athletic score based on all of your uh, metrics so he it kind of is separated between was it poor was it okay was it great or was it elite and it's all color-coded and like not to rag on Shakur Brown but just to give an example from what happened last year the height weight uh broad jump, three cone, 40 yard dash, 10-yard split, 20-yard split were all poor. I mean, it, it was just a terrible performance, and he didn't get drafted, right? So we go into this year. We had three guys at the combine, obviously, running back Kenneth Walker, wide receiver Jalen Naylor, and fullback tight end. They they called him a fullback, I think. Uh I, I can't remember now. But I think all of them did, they checked the box, right? They all did well enough that it's definitely not going to hurt them. And in some cases, it could possibly help them. I'll just run through the the notable things here real quick. Kenneth Walker, the real surprise, I think, for everybody, four three eight forty yard dash, elite speed at the running back position. Uh, he was also, he had a really strong broad jump over 10 feet. Which relative to other running backs is is a really good score. Um, and, and he weighed in pretty well as well. Did you think there was any chance of of Kenneth Walker running in the four threes? Because I did not.
1: So I didn't necessarily think of what number he would run, but there's no way I thought he was gonna run over a tenth of a second faster than Jalen Naylor. That really surprised me. I, I do think Jalen Naylor's time was probably a hair slower than a lot of folks expected. I think there were a lot of folks probably for years wondering what he would eventually run at the combine in the 40 yard dash. Obviously the track background has been kind of beat to a pulp at this point. Um, But we knew he was a sprinter. Um, What better way to show that off than running in a straight line as fast as you can Um, in the four five, especially compared to the rest of the wide receiver group is a little, I think slower than, than I expected. Don't get me wrong. Four five is, is an extremely fast human being. Um, But to bring it back to Kenneth Walker, no i did not expect him to run i mean maybe high four fours if i had to peg him somewhere like break four five right show great maybe not elite speed but that's elite speed again the the one thing that could i think hold him back on the boards is um his, his receiving ability not that he doesn't have it just that it's it's a little bit unproven but i think that's a great opportunity in something like a pro day to show what he's got um and also he the- he looked
0: pretty good in the drills, too, where where he was uh, running some routes, catching the ball. He he didn't have any drops that I saw. He looked pretty natural, right? He wasn't catching it with his chest. He was catching it with his hands. And that that is the knock on him right now. I From the draft analysts I follow, they've basically all been echoing the same thing. It's he is the best running back in the class. Like you hand him the ball. He's better than anyone else in this draft class. At running the football, but there's just a lot of unproven pass catching skills and pass protection skills too. I think was something that a, a few people brought up. Um, it's just not not something he was asked to do a whole lot, but something that at times he did struggle with pass protection. Uh, but that's something you can coach up, and, and I think it's isn't a huge issue when you have his special running ability. So,
1: and he's also not like your typical third down back. I mean, obviously you want any back to be able to to pick up the blitz, but I think there's a good chance at least early in his career, whichever team he ends up on is looking at him as a first and second down back. Pass protection's not as important if he was a third down pass catching back. You want that certainly want that skill to be a little bit more refined. Um, also the Kenneth Walker identity crisis that's been brewing for a long time. Um, Uh, Kenny (laughs) Kenny Walker, we we heard it here and there in his time at Michigan State, but like the commentators, the newspapers, everybody always said Kenneth. Um, and now that's drilled into my brain, so we may have to try to reprogram ourselves. I guess if this is
0: he's had so there was there was Kenneth Walker, and then there was like KW3. And then there was K-9. And then there was Kenny Cutback. And now it's Kenny. And <laughs> in one calendar year, this guy's run through like eight different names.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we need to just ask, like, I don't know, his dad. Like, what's his name? What does he go by? You know, it <laughs> uh, looks like it'll be Kenny, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming he and or his agent or whoever decided this is going to be my brand for the NFL. Kenny Walker, I, I think it's a little more uh i don't know approachable than kenneth um who knows i'm sure that's
0: uh like you you feel like they wouldn't have hammered it home as much if he didn't say something right right so yeah that 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 caught me off guard though when i was watching the clips and every single person there were multiple different comments every single one went with kenny so yeah
1: so there you Um, have Jalen.
0: Jalen Naylor, you mentioned runs the four five flat. And it my favorite part of combine season is you know, fat old guy sitting on the couch drinking a beer, like that's slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but elite explosiveness on his jumps, a 38-inch vertical, uh, 10 oh eight broad jump, those are really, really strong, like near the top of the wide receiver group. So I think at the end of the day, it kind of comes out as a wash, like he was a little slower than you would hope for, but he was also a little more explosive than you would hope for in his jumps. So I think, um, you know, if, if you had Jalen Naylor on your draft board going into the combine, I think he's still on your draft board coming out of the combine. And then, uh, Connor Hayward, you know, I, he was somebody that nobody really expected to be testing off the charts. And, uh, you know, when you look at him relative to other fullback tight ends, it's going throughout like 40 years of combine history. It it was pretty much right down the middle, pretty average. And uh, I think that's just kind of check the box and move on with Connor Hayward. He looked pretty good in his drills as well. Catching the ball, running routes. Uh, I saw a few people note that, that he looked pretty natural in in that setting too. So uh, I think all three of them, none of them, uh, none of them decreased their draft stock, which is, I think, For most people, kind of the best case scenario coming out of the combine.
1: Yeah, I think um, Connor Hayward has, I think his his name circulated pretty well. You know, he's been around at Michigan State for a couple decades. uh, So certainly (laughs) that brings his his name into a lot of circles. Uh, He's got a great story. He's got the family pedigree. So people recognize the name and kind of give him a second look. Um, and, and I feel like just his, his versatility and kind of his story has, has bubbled up through the senior bowl, um, through the Twitter sphere. So hopefully he's at least on the radar of a lot of NFL teams. If he doesn't get drafted, I certainly expect he'll get, uh, an undrafted free agent opportunity, um, pretty quickly. And, uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys that always seems to have a knack to, uh, find his way onto a roster and into a role. And I think a lot of folks are rooting for him. Um, yeah. So after the combine, Kevin, we talked about this a little bit um, before we started recording, but projections for these three guys where you think they could be drafted? What are your expectations?
0: Yeah. So, first of all, I just checked this because I, I literally right now I was thinking, okay, so, you know, combine's done, draft around the corner. Do you know when the draft is?
1: <laughs> it- okay. So, growing up, it was always the first weekend of my baseball league, which was like, like late April.
0: Okay, so it's the same. It, yeah, April 28th. But it was just kind of that, like, oh, it's right around the corner. It's like, no, it's like a full month, over a month, almost two months away now. Um, but yeah, so I think Kenneth Walker at this point has basically solidified himself, especially with, you know, running that that 40, which I don't think matters a whole lot, but I would be shocked if he if he wasn't picked by the end of the second round, I think he's going to be one of the top two running backs selected. It's either going to be him or Brees Hall from Iowa state. And if we went through two rounds of the draft without two running backs picked, I would be pretty surprised. Uh, I know running back has continued to be devalued, but it's been devalued recently in the sense that like not many guys are getting picked in the first round but we've seen a ton of guys get picked in the second round. So I I think Kenneth Walker is going to be a second round pick somewhere. Um, hopefully, like you said, to a team that needs a first, second down running back that they can hand the ball off to 18 to 25 times a game and and just kind of let them go to work. Jalen Naylor and Connor Hayward are really interesting. I I think that they're... But I if you if I had to bet it today, I would say they're both going to be drafted. They're probably gonna be sixth ish round picks, plus or minus around, you know, maybe fit, maybe jump up into the fifth, uh, maybe slip down to the seventh. But yeah, if, if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say they're both getting drafted in that fifth to seventh round. Fourth round is kind of it's day three, but it's kind of the priority day three, guys and i don't know if they really fit into that right ken uh kari willis was the he was like a mid fourth rounder but the colt's traded up for him that's the the fourth round is kind of that okay the first three rounds are done you have a night where the the gms the scouting staffs are basically like all right the the amount of capital it takes to trade up to get guys here is very minimal so if we want a guy that's still available let's go get him And I I don't think that either of them fit into that, but I I do think that they've done enough in their careers and in this kind of off season uh, programs to, to get themselves drafted.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. I think um, the one thing, obviously that could hold a guy like Connor Hayward back is just the amount of spots for a position like an H back, you know, there's only so many teams that are looking to utilize an H back regularly kind of that Kyle juice check, uh, role. Um, but he's super versatile. We mentioned his name's gotten around quite a bit. Um, and, and I think he's just kind of a coach's type of player. You know, you think of a guy like Bill Belichick, Dan Campbell, those types of guys, just football loving coaches who, who love a guy like Connor Hayward who can just do a little bit of everything. You can ask him to do anything and expect to get pretty positive results. Um, and Jalen Naylor, he's just kind of one of those flyer wide receivers. Who's, he's got the speed. He's got the full skill set. Maybe doesn't really excel in any one particular thing, but he's kind of that prototype 21st century NFL wide receiver. Um, and, and I do think he will he'll attract some eyes. And uh, yeah, really excited to follow all three of these guys um, as their careers kind of get off to a, to a start here.
0: Yeah, so if if you are interested, there there are NFL draft prop bets on DraftKings sportsbook, and you can get in on it. I actually have a, a pick; it's the number one overall pick. I have Ikimo Kwanu Iki from uh, NC State, an offensive lineman. It's like uh, plus eight hundred when I got it. So uh, if if you're watching the draft two months from now and you see Kwanu come off the board, I'll be a happy guy. Uh, But if you want to put some money on the draft, if you want to put some money anywhere else, DraftKings is the place to go. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team, get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we're a proud member. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location restrictions vary by jurisdiction. See slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state specific responsible gam- gambling gaming resources. Sorry. Voidware prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789. In Connecticut, call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. Four, four, All right. So the meat of the episode here, uh, we are going to have a little fun here. I I had this idea over the weekend. and We'll see how it goes. Uh, but we're going to introduce some mystery players. This is a game that you listening at home, in the car, at the office, wherever you are, you can play along. So basically what we're going to do is I'll give an example from last year to kind of set this up. So each of us has three players, three mystery players. Neither of us knows any any of the players. There's a chance that uh, we could have picked the same players. Hopefully not. But We're going to pick some guys that we think going into spring football are a bit intriguing here, and we're basically going to give a blind resume, bio, um, however you want to kind of structure it, and the other person simply has to guess the player. So you at home can play along, kind of guess who you think uh, this could be describing. So the example I will give is if we were doing this at this time last year. So we're coming off of 2020, going into 2021. And I said, you know, this player is very interesting because we saw his game start to round into form in a shortened 2020 season. He could be an NFL player if he can stay on the field and show a few more aspects of his game. And the answer could be Jalen Naylor, right? And and so basically, we'll give a little description and then uh, the other person will take a guess. And when we eventually get the player... Uh, we'll we'll have a little chat about them as well. So I will kick it off, Scott, since uh, this is, is my invention here. And uh, hopefully this will start to make sense as we go. So the first player on the board here, Scott, this is an incoming player. As a hint, he was not on the team last year. And if he starts the whole season and he plays at an all Big Ten level, not necessarily like has to be first team, but like one of the top at his positions in the conference without much of a question, we will win double digit games again this season. So this is an incoming player. And my prediction is that if he starts and he plays at an all big 10 level, Michigan state will be a double digit win team again next year. Okay. So
1: there's only so many incoming players who have the possibility to play at an all big 10 level, I think. And, uh, They're going to have to play a position that can make a big impact if you're talking winning and losing games. So I think there's only really one answer here. Jalen Berger.
0: Jalen Berger is a good guess. Oh, is it
1: the other running back?
0: It is not the other running back.
1: Okay, I was way off. See, this game's harder than I
0: thought. Yeah, Uh, I think the running backs combined, I think they'll give us enough that the offense will kind of be able to move along. I I don't think either one of them has to be very special. I think the combination of the two, Broussard and Berger, will be good. The answer, I'll give a little pause for the people at home to get their last guesses in. Amir Speed. Amir Speed. Okay. I think if if you bring in a guy with his size and he plays at an all Big 10 level. So he is locking down number ones for other teams and you know you get into a game against Ohio State and you're not going to be able to hold Jackson Smith and Jigba for 50 yards or something, right? There there are going to be outliers, but by and large throughout the season, if this defense where I I think the front six, I guess now is, is really solid. I think the safeties, whatever combination we end up going with, there's enough talent and enough experience that I think they can hold it together. And if you have a number one corner who can just lock down the other team's best receiver, that allows your defense to do so much more in terms of blitzes, in terms of even double covering other receivers or, or, you know, giving your safety, allowing him to help out somewhere else. And, you know, think about like Purdue last year. If we had a corner that could just line up one-on-one with David Bell and more or less, right, he's going to get a couple grabs, but more or less handle him and take him out of the game. Well, that allows the rest of your defense to make sure that the second receiver, that the tight end, and that these guys are all covered up and unable to hurt you. So I think that would that would make enough of a difference that I would feel comfortable from projecting this team to be like a seven eight win team to a ten win team by himself. I really think that it would be that important. And this, just to be clear, I'm not predicting that he will be an all Big Ten player. I'm saying if he is, that will be the result.
1: He's got a name. He's just bound for stardom, right? Like you can't have you can't be a football player, especially at a speed position, named Amir Speed and not just do great. right? Um, It'd be fun. I love it. I think, personally, I'd love to see that impact. I, I'm not as confident, necessarily, that the rest of the secondary would just kind of sort itself out if we found that number one corner. Um, but I'm really excited to see him play. He's got the size, he's got the speed, um, and obviously the SEC pedigree, which... You can put as much weight into that as as you want to, or as little as you want to. National but. champion. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. All right. So are we are we going back and forth? Should yeah, I throw we'll just one rotate
0: you? it around. So you all can. Right.
1: All right. So this one probably won't have as big an impact as a mere speed. Um, I expect him to be at least rotational this year. Uh, he was a pretty highly touted recruit. I'll give you a pretty big hint here. He redshirted last year, uh, so there's only a, you know a smaller subset of guys who did that. And he is from the great state of New Jersey. Since we're doxing ourselves and letting everyone know where we live, I do <laughs> live in New Jersey. Um, I don't shout it from the from the mountaintops, but I'm not afraid to uh, to say it either. So, from the great state of New Jersey, I think he he's got a really versatile skill set that the coaching staff could take a lot of different directions. Um, And I I think his position group is one that there will be plenty of snaps for new faces, especially in the spring and as we get into the early parts of the season. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So, Kevin, um, any ideas?
0: So it's one of two guys. And because I do have the roster up, so I'm cheating a little bit. Um, They play the same position and... It's just a matter of which one that I think you would be more confident in in getting reps because the the two New Jersey guys from last year's class were offensive lineman Kevin Wigginton and offensive lineman Gino Vandemark. I'm gonna go you know I'm gonna go with my namesake. And I think he was the first commitment to the class last year. I'm going to go Kevin Wigginton, a bully from New Jersey.
1: Well, you lost the coin toss. Nah. It was Gino Vandermark. Uh Gino, I, I do like both of them. Actually, I like Brandon Baldwin as well, all in the same offensive line class. Uh, Brandon Baldwin was probably a lower name on the 247 list when he committed, but his name has bubbled up to the top. But no, Gino Vandemark. He was a very highly rated offensive tackle, top 30 offensive tackle in the country, also rated as a top 30 offensive guard in the country in his recruiting class. So it'll be interesting, obviously, with this offensive line group that we seem to know or have an idea of who those first five, that top five would be going into the spring. But I think it's a position group that could very much change between the start of spring ball and kickoff of the first game. Um, I do think Vandemark. I think all three of those guys will probably be in the two deep or close to it enough to get reps, um, in spring ball and in, um, yeah, the, the early part of the yeah. season. But I, I really think Gino's game, it was a little bit more developed when he left high school. And obviously we haven't seen it much over the last year, last year's spring ball. And, uh, in last season. So we don't really know where these guys are other than word of mouth, a little bit of chatter here and there coming out of the program. But I've always been excited ever since Vandermark committed. Uh, He was the first four-star to commit in that class. And I think he should carve out a rotational role, but I don't know if that'll be tackle, if that'll be guard. Um, It'll be fun to see.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love about spring is you start seeing some of those reports coming out that gino Vandemark working with the ones today in practice you know you you start to get some of those where all right that doesn't mean he's gonna start but that means that the coaching staff is at least comfortable enough to consider him right which which means that you know he's done enough in his one year so far so yeah we're gonna start getting some of those nuggets somebody it was uh mel tucker was on with rico beard on one, and they were talking about the spring game he was asking him like is the spring game going to be a game this year or is it going to be more like last year again and uh mel tucker kind of left it open he was like yeah we'll see we might do something a little bit more special for the fans this year but he didn't say definitively one way or the other so it might be just like last year again where we just see a bunch of drills uh basically but you know maybe we'll get an actual game out of it this year and see uh you know get some some glimpses into what positions these guys are going to be in all right so my next guy here i'll make sure to to get say this one now because i there's a chance that you might have he's, he's kind of a higher profile player right now uh in the the msu uh social media circles and this player's career at michigan state will go one of two ways in my opinion he will either be a fundamental piece of the Mel Tucker tenure. Whenever we look back, you know, however many years from now at Mel Tucker's tenure, we say, this guy was, was a fundamental piece of, of what transpired. Or he will be gone before his junior season. He will transfer away from Michigan State before his junior year.
1: Is that it? That's the whole. That's it. Clue. All right. His, well, his already, career
0: will take one of two paths. Fundamental piece or gone before his junior year.
1: I think it's Keon Coleman.
0: Keon Coleman, that's an interesting guess. I didn't you I said, guess that kind of can fit that mold. Yeah, he said yeah. social
1: media. You know, he's obviously very popular with the fans, you know, anticipating the the two the two sport player, the highly touted four-star recruit uh with all the athletic ability but it sounds like i'm wrong again
0: <laughs> you are uh the answer is katon hauser yeah i yeah. think you know when you think of the Mel- mark d'antonio era and you think of whether you want to consider Caton or uh peyton thorn to be the kirk cousins or the brian hoyer uh and then you had connor cook right and but you had those kind of foundational pieces, whether it was Kirk Cousins or or Connor Cook, that started for multiple seasons, led them to to great heights. And I guess you know how you feel about what Caden Hauser will do will also depend on what Peyton Thorne is. But you know, I think it, being a quarterback, being an elite eleven guy with all the talent, being on campus already in the spring, and we're going to start to hear about you know, players, veteran players saying like, you know, man, the ball really pops out of this kid's hands. We're, we're all kind of stunned watching him throw the football or it'll just be pretty quiet and, you know, he'll just kind of go about his business. And we're thinking, all right, well, no news could be good news or no news is just, you know, no news. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it, it'll either be one of those two routes where he'll be a prime piece of the Mel Tucker coaching tenure Or he'll transfer out. And and I think this could be one of two ways, right? One could be, well, we brought in Dante Moore and he had to he had to leave. Or people kind of forget 2020 was a throwaway year. Peyton Thorne has three years of eligibility left. Like (laughs) does Caden Hauser want to sit behind Peyton Thorne for three seasons, right? 10 years ago, this wouldn't be a question. You redshirt your freshman season and then you sit two more years. And then as a redshirt junior, you get your two years uh, of glory as the starting quarterback. But nowadays, like the kids want to play at a younger and younger age. So if Peyton Thorne uses all of his eligibility, that's a long time to sit behind and wait if if you're a quarterback in 2022. So uh, there there's a chance one way or the other that he could be gone.
1: All right. So one last note question for you on on Kate and Hauser. Um do you think, and you can you can take this whatever direction you want, do you think there's a world where katen Hauser takes the job from Peyton Thorne? Not this year.
0: From what we've seen from Peyton Thorne if I assume that he's only going to get maybe only a little bit better but that he's going to get better I I don't think so I think he played that well last year that if he improves it's going to be nearly impossible for a coach to to look him in the eye and say you know what we're taking the ball out of your hands
1: I would never have asked that question under Mark D'Antonio but with Mel Tucker the rep charts the best players play kind of mentality uh, I think there's a crack in the door more than there would have been um, under the previous regime. But I agree. I think Peyton Thorne, not only the way that he plays on the field, but the leader that he is, I think his his teammates really respect him. Um, and, and I think, yeah, he, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And I think while well, he's been around for three years, so I don't really expect him to take any leaps in terms of his play. You would expect him to get marginally better, marginally more confident processes the game marginally quicker um as he continues to play at Michigan State I think right now no one's a bigger fan of Peyton Thorne getting a lot better than Caten Hauser uh because he's probably rooting for him to get the heck out in the next couple of years
0: well and and Um, I think people kind of forget like this was Peyton Thorne's first year as a starter as a as a redshirt sophomore like I I get the feeling that with Caden Hauser's kind of hype coming in, that people are like, well, Peyton Thorne's as good as he's going to be. So maybe Hauser's potential, he could be better. Like who's to say that Peyton Thorne can't get better. You know, I, I just feel like that's kind of the vibe with a lot of people. And it's like, he's, he's a really young quarterback. He's started you know, now through the bowl game. He's started 14 games in his college career. Like it's not very many, Like, he's got plenty of room to grow. Right.
1: And the main, I guess, uh, detractor from his game right now is his ability to process those intermediate routes in traffic, which is more of a mental processing speed issue, not issue, but development than anything. The physical attributes are there. He's got enough of an arm. Uh, He can run. You know, he, he manipulates the pocket. Well, like I said, he's a good leader. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a reason he can't develop into a really well-rounded, um, NFL prospect in the next couple of years.
0: All right. So hit me with the next one.
1: Okay. So, uh, this one's fun. I don't think it'll be too hard for you. Uh, but first, first, uh, term out of my mouth, junkyard dog, undersized, scrappy. And I, there's snaps available at his position that weren't there in years previously, Mm -hmm. I'm just really intrigued. This guy's never going to be, well, never say never. Uh, but I don't expect this guy to ever be like a big NFL prospect, but I think he's going to have the door wide open for him this year to say, go find your ceiling, go Mm. almost not an every down guy, but, uh, but go out there and, uh, show us that even with all the physical attributes, maybe working against you a little bit that you have what it takes to get it done in the big 10.
0: I I think I'm zeroed in onto this one as, as he went on, is it friend of the podcast? Jeff Petrovsky sure is. That's my guy.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to see him. Uh, Like I mentioned, I mean, we're thin at that position this year. We're going to need guys to step up. I think right now it's it's going, no matter who steps up, it will be an unlikely name, somebody who, um, you know, wasn't a huge role last year. We mentioned previously on other episodes, we lost, you know, our top three defensive ends uh, w- among other depth pieces. So I think Jeff Petrovsky, he, he's probably the most experienced um, defensive end on the roster coming into this spring. Um, he's produced more than you'd expect a guy like him too, and and we're going to need guys at that position to uh, to really, really take leaps this year. Uh, we've talked about guys like Michael Fletcher, who maybe the opposite seems to have the physical attributes or the physical foundation anyway, um, but really hasn't seen that production come. Jeff Petrowski might have a physical ceiling, but doesn't seem to have a, a, a ceiling to his motor, to his effort, um, and obviously you can always get better te- technically, uh, under a new pass rush specialist, who knows. Um, but I think it's going to be really fun to watch him this year and he could be on the field quite a bit for us.
0: Yes. I mean, the realistic side, like you said, is he is a pass rusher who's he's listed at six one. I think he's probably six foot flat and that's, that's usually, you know, kind of caps your ceiling a little bit, but he had almost 500 snaps last year, five over five sacks in his career. Like he played really well when he was on the field. So, yeah, I think he's got the opportunity to to take a ton of snaps and and keep making an impact. Um, as a Polish brother, I, I really appreciate him coming up from Ohio. And, uh, yeah, really, really excited to see him next year. Like you said, Junkyard Dog is, when you said that, I was, there, and narrowed it down to like one of five guys. And then as you kept going on, it, it, it became pretty clear. So I think, uh, yeah, that's a good pick there.
1: Nice. All right. Well, we only got a couple minutes here for the last two. So speed round on, yep. on the third round, hit me with it.
0: So my last one is he, I wrote this down. the the forgotten man in his position group, he flashed quite a bit in 2021, but is quickly becoming the odd man out in the fan bases side. He, if he has a strong off season, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a very prominent position role in 2022 with some snaps becoming available so kind of the forgotten man in a in a pretty deep position group Hmm. with snaps becoming available this offseason
1: okay so snaps becoming available um you've got running backs you've got offensive line you've got defensive ends
0: there's a combine guy that we were talking about that has opened up some snaps
1: You've got wide receivers. Uh, Okay, so that's a huge hint. So it's either a wide receiver, tight end, fullback, or um, who am I forgetting? Running back. Combine running back. All right. Um, Okay, maybe no, but he was a starter. I was going to say Trey Mosley, but he was already a starter. Um, Let's go with. I don't know, man. Eli Collins.
0: You were on the right path with Mosley. And this is okay. this is the point. The forgotten man, yeah, yeah. Montori Foster. Yeah, okay. No, nobody's talking about Montori Foster right now. He had uh when Naylor went down last year, he came in, he started three games Purdue, Maryland, and Penn State. Had the the long touchdown against Maryland to I think it was to open that game. We yeah. did the flea flicker and he got loose. He had that one handed grab against Penn State that was sweet. He had enough plays last year that I think, as you know, as a true sophomore last year, uh, he played in every game as a true freshman back in 2020. I think the coaching staff believes in him more than a lot of fans think, and you know, everybody's locked into Keon Coleman and Trey Mosley and and everything. I think people are sleeping on Montori Foster. I don't. I'm not necessarily predicting that he's going to be the wide receiver two or wide receiver three next year. But I'm just saying, keep keep his name in in your mind because I thought he did enough last year that he deserves to to be right in that battle for a lot of playing time.
1: Yeah, I like it. He he definitely. I mean, he won the battle for the number four wide receiver last year, um, and the guy that he replaced is now gone. So I definitely see. The path to the field, the wide receivers are going to be so fun to watch this spring, yeah. just as a whole. There's so many quote unquote forgotten guys. You got guys like Christian Fitzpatrick, and obviously all these talented, um, freshmen, true freshmen that are coming in. Uh, Keon Coleman even hardly saw the field, and everyone's all excited to see what he's got. Um, it seems to be that kind of the backup to Jaden Reed, uh, at least last season. But yeah, Montori Foster you mentioned it definitely kind of a, a forgotten face out there, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that group this spring. All right. I'll it's round the us guy. out here. Uh, first hint uh, position group of one of the guys we've already talked about. Um, he, as the season progressed last year, found his way to the field more and more. I think he was really confident in one-on-one situations. Um, and maybe this will give it away probably the best hair on the team.
0: Okay, I uh, I thought I had it before you said that, but that's got to be Marky e. Lowry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is a busy position group. Amir Speeds coming in, we expect him to be one of the top 2 guys. Ronald Williams was clearly the number 1 guy last year, although I don't think he I think he had room to improve. But Marky Lowry, when he was in the game, he looked so confident. Were there gaps in his game? Sure. But he just seems at a a position like cornerback where confidence is potentially the most important thing outside of just having the physical ability to stay with Big Ten receivers. Um, He just looked great out there at times. You know, Down near the goal line, he could defend the goal line fade in one-on-one situations against bigger guys. Um, I think cornerback, while we have some new talent to shake things up, is a position that's still going to be very fluid through the spring and into the early part of the season. And I think of those new guys we had last year, Ronald Williams, uh, Chester Kimbrough, Marky Lowry, Kendall Brooks, Justin White, all these guys, I really liked the upside potential I saw in Marky Lowry. And I'm really excited to see if he can continue to build on that this year.
0: Yeah. I think the number one trait in a corner that you have to have is confidence. And like you said, he, he, he gives that off. Like you can feel it through the TV, how confident he is every single rep. And the, the other thing I love about him too, is, is he is not afraid to come in, in the run game and, and fill a hole and, and make a tackle take on a blocker you know if if there's an offensive guard that's pulling outside he's not afraid to take him on even though he's like 170 pounds soaking wet so hopefully he bulks up a little bit more this offseason so that when that happens he can stay on the field but uh no i i do like the ceiling of lowry and and uh, i think he could be a he could be a plus starter in his career for sure only a redshirt freshman last year so he's got plenty of room to grow as time goes on here so that's a great pick. I I thought that was pretty fun. I thought thought that was a, a good exercise there. So hopefully uh, everybody was able to kind of play along a little bit at home and and maybe you nailed a couple of those guesses. If you guys have any additional ones, you can feel free to to tweet them, DM them, and uh, you know maybe we'll we'll post some things on Twitter. We might have some fun with that this week. We can actually post some uh, additional mystery player bios maybe so send some some recommendations if you guys have any that come to mind after listening we would really appreciate that Um, as spring football kicks off we are going to be going through every position which basically means every player on the roster and kind of previewing um, what you should be looking for what you should be keeping your ears out um, and, and paying attention to and I think we're gonna do a contest here when spring football rolls around. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We're gonna do a giveaway and uh you know you'll 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 know what the parameters around what you have to do to enter yourself. It'll be very simple and most importantly, it'll be free. So I promise you that. And uh anything else, Scott, before we wrap this thing up? We are eight days from spring practice. It is
1: March 15th the first uh, which is the ides of March, actually, the first spring practice. So next Monday will be a day away. We're currently eight days away. um yeah, so we're finally almost back to uh, to some exciting times and I think the recruiting dead period is over now too. so you may see some m- more visits, maybe some commitments this spring um for this for this twenty twenty. 2020, not 22, 23 class. Um, obviously we'll keep you up to date. It's been pretty quiet on the recruiting end lately, but if, uh, things start to get moving again, we will certainly have the updates
0: and we'll, we'll finally see players in pads again, rather than just the clips we get of them wearing the like male sports bras that they were now in those training, uh, videos. So let's wrap this thing up. Like I said, next week we'll be back and we'll start to roll through uh, all these positions. You know, we, we reset the rosters a couple weeks ago, but now we're going to deep dive this thing and and really get into the nuts and bolts of this roster. So hope everybody enjoyed again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the support, uh, with, with raising funds. I really means a lot to me and, uh, hope you guys have a great week. Hope you have a safe week and we will talk to you next week. Go green. Oh white take care folks